What Are You Made Of? It's Mike C-Rock. Welcome to What Are You Made Of? Every episode of this podcast is centered around building ourselves and the people in our lives to reach our full potential. I hope that the experiences and stories of success from these conversations can give you rocket fuel to reach new heights and help you answer the question, What Are You Made Of? What Are You Made Of? I want to remind you that the Rocket Fuel book is available at MikeCRock.com forward slash book. That's MikeCROC.com forward slash book. Go get yourself a copy. And subscribe to the What Are You Made Of podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. If you like watching these, it's available on YouTube at my channel, Mike C-Rock Scirocco. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of What Are You Made Of with your boy, the unstoppable Mike C-Rock. Guys, today, you know, I bring in a lot of unstoppable guests, but this one, wait till you hear her. Wait till you hear what she's about. Wait till you hear about her book that's coming out. Listen, I learned about Natasha actually from Clubhouse. I'm not sure why I didn't know about her before because she's got 10 million or plus followers on Instagram. She's been named number one female motivational speaker under 40 in the world by Forbes magazine. And she's also a top female mindset coach by Business Insider. Listen, I mean, she's one of the most influential people and thought leaders on the planet and the generations. And I'm excited to have her here today. She's really passionate about helping people transform their lives through neuroscience and ancient wisdom combined. A lot of things that I've been studying lately. And you know, there's so much alignment here. So I'm excited to hear her and also for you guys to hear us go back and forth. Natasha Graziano, welcome to the What Are You Made Of show. Hello. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to be here. This is something I've looked forward to for ages. And you are just, you know, somebody that I've been excited to connect with more. Everyone knows your voice from Clubhouse. So yeah, I'm excited to dive in. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, uh, we always start the show. And thank you for that, by the way. We always start the show with the same question to get the show kicked off. It's written on the wall. Everybody has to turn their head sideways or they can just listen to me ask the question. What are you made of, Natasha? I am made of energy, of unstoppable, unapologetic energy, of energy that is authentic to me and first place to myself. Yeah. And I love that. And I feel that. And I was just in LA this past week and I was uh, working on myself. My son was there working on himself. And we're going through, we did a lot of events, but we also did a lot of spiritual mind work. And one of the things I said, I didn't want to say this to this lady, but it was just between us. And I'm going to share it with the world now because I don't give a shit because I think it's important for everybody to think this way. But I just felt at that moment because of the work that I was doing that, that and people don't talk like this, by the way, because they're worried about what people think. But I, I just felt like, I feel like one of the most powerful beings that have ever walked in this building. Now, this building was built probably back in the 1930s. And I felt and again, this isn't a, a um, cocky thing. It's not. A, it's a true feeling that I actually felt at that moment. The energy that I was feeling and the power that I was feeling, and I can't describe it except for that. And um, most people have these feelings, Natasha, and I know you have these feelings, but they're share. They're afraid to share it with the world because they're afraid of what the people will say and what they'll think. And then they, what they do is they pull back, and then they put up one of these, and they build a wall around themselves, and they introvert. So I want to start off the show with, especially with your answer that you just said, with where did this come from in you? Where did you, when did you really realize it and become it? For me, I always say to people, don't look at me now as who I am today. Look at me as how many times I have fallen down and got back up. Look at the woman who I have become, not the woman who I was, because we are not the same person that we were 10 years ago, let alone that the person we were yesterday. 
So who am I today? What am I made of? Is an amalgamation of me falling down and getting back up, of resisting, of building resilience through fear and failure and overcoming hurdles and challenges and trials and tribulations so that I am able to become the woman that I am today. I have had to go through pain, adversity. It was only in 2018 I found myself homeless on the street. And I remember the night before I went to the street with my son and I was sitting there in this apartment. I guess you call it like a condo. And I knew at 11 o'clock the next morning, we were checking out of that place and we didn't have anywhere to go. Most people at least have something lined up. Even if it were your friend's couch, I didn't even have that. I didn't have anything lined up. I pushed the world away so far. I had got into such a bad place, a guilt complex. I'd gotten myself in such a rut that I'd pushed the world away. And in that moment, I remember crying, deeply emotional, watching my son fall asleep, thinking, what am I going to say? What am I going to do? How am I going to explain to this young little boy, like he's a young baby, where are we going tomorrow? What we're doing when we wake up? Why am I packing all his toys? And he's watching me, like looking at me, trying to take them back out the black bag. And he's like, what are you doing? I can't say it. What are you doing? But he's looking at me like, what, mama? Like trying to take them. He doesn't understand. And I just remember thinking, what have I done to get to this place? How have I ruined my life so badly to the point that I now have nothing? I have no one around me. I have no support. And it's just me and my son. And I'm broke. I'm in debt. Hundreds of thousands. And I was like, get me out of this. Like, how do I get out of this place? How do I, how do I get out of here? But it was from that pain, that adversity. It was from that rock bottom that I was able to realize why I was going through this, to realize why pain was hitting me physically, emotionally, and mentally, spiritually, in every single way, financially. It was hitting me in so many ways so that I would be forced under pressure, like diamonds are made under pressure. I would be forced under pressure to change and evolve. I would be forced to be somebody different because if I keep on doing the same thing, I was going to stay on the street and I was not prepared to stay on the street. I wanted to change. I wanted to evolve. I wanted to get my son out of this mess with me. I wanted to be a role model for him. I wanted to go and be a role model for the world. And I knew the only way was to change and use the work that I'd been reading, the books I'd studied and start applying it and try something different than just feeling sorry for myself and playing the victim all the time. And so from there, my life changed and I built very fast. I changed my life dramatically from going on the street, being physically, yeah, we were homeless on the street, I admit that. And we were in a bad place. And when I got out of that, I've never gone back to being that same girl again. And every day I'm working towards being a better person. I'm not there yet. I don't think anybody is, but I'm still working towards her and becoming her every day. That's what I'm made of. Yeah, man. I love that. So, so how did you get to that point? Like, where did you come from, first of all? So I lived in the UK. I lived in London at the time. I grew up in the UK. I loved my, you know, all of my growing up there. I, I enjoyed my childhood. When I got into my teens. Wait a minute. I, Are your last name? Is that Italian? Yeah, I'm part okay. Italian. Okay. So it's actually Grano. Graziano is my marital name. Okay. It's amazing. I added three letters to my name, man. Isn't that good? Just to make it into Graziano. Anyway, in my teens, my late teens, I was sexually abused. I got into drugs at school. By the time I was 18, I kind of, I thought I got it all out of my system. And um, I dived right back in. No, wait a minute. I got to stop you because, and I know you're, you have a great story and I want to honor that, but you got to understand here. I like to dig and my audience, I, I like to ask questions and my audience is probably thinking. So 
you don't have to answer any of these, but I just like to ask. And because of the reason I've had to ask this question is because people get into drugs and they think that oh, I'm just going to smoke some pot. I'm good. And I went through this myself, by the way. That's why I'm asking. So how did it start? Because the start, you don't start by thinking that you're going to get into drugs. You think you're just going to start. Why? Well, eh, let me try that. Mm-hmm. Right? So can you just you know dive a little deeper there just for a second for those listening and for the younger crowd and that's listening, like you don't just start the, you know, trying to drug and thinking that you're going to have a problem. Right. Yeah. No, uh, peer pressure at the time. It was like, you know, friends, you want to try some Coke? You want to try some? It was, it was cocaine. So it was like, do you want to, you know, do you want to try it? And I was like, sure. So, uh, did you know, did you know, here's the thing. Did you know it was wrong when you did it? Like, did you know, like, I shouldn't be doing this? Like, yeah, I knew it was wrong. I had this feeling inside of me saying like, you know, that voice that just says, don't do this, like, mm-hmm. don't do this. And then I had another voice that was like, you don't have an addictive personality, you'd be fine. Yeah, so yeah. I tried it and I didn't realize how addictive it was. And then I kind of went through phases in my teens of doing it to numb the pain of the sexual abuse I've been through. So I started to do it because it made me feel like I was somebody else for a minute. It made me feel like I was a more arrogant, more like out of illu- like this illusion version of me. Like it was a very, yeah. dis- you know, it was a very unreal place to be. That's what drugs do. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, so it was, it was a bad place and it was, it, the come down was bad. So then I would go on it again. Anyway, yeah. I thought I got it out of my system by 18 because I hadn't, hadn't been, I wasn't an addict before that. I was just doing it way too much, you know, recreationally to numb the pain instead of working on myself at that point. Read the book The Secret by about 18, about 15. I read it, but I was growing my own sort of idea of the world. I didn't want to go to university. I rebelled. I was like, I'm out of here. I'm out. I don't want, I don't want to stay in touch with any of my friends. I'm rebelling. They, they're so nasty to me. I was bullied at school. Like, I want to get out of here. I want to just run. So I ran from my past of just people that I'd grown up with mm-hmm. at high school. And then I just set forwards and moved city. So now I've gone from Oxfordshire. I lived in Oxford, which is a beautiful countryside place and, you know, like a farm. And I moved to London. And when I moved to London, I got into a bad scene. I got into some debt very quickly. I didn't have any money. And I was like, oh, damn, how do I do this? I got into a bad circle and somebody, an ex-boyfriend of mine, released a sex tape on me. And when he released a sex tape on me at the time, I, you know, it was awful. I felt like I had nowhere to go. And then he exploited my body in such a way that I felt so cornered by what was going on in the world. So I got back into the drugs and then I was trying to feed the drug addiction. So I became a webcam girl. I became a webcam girl. And then that was feeding the drugs. And it was a bad cycle for yeah. about three years, two, two and a half, three years. It was so, so, so bad. And this is over a decade ago. So I was just circulating. I was like doing, you know, shit, which was just, and then I got sexually abused again during this whole thing. And then, you know, it was just, it was a very, very, very dark phase of my life. But I have to say, if I didn't go through that, I actually know I wouldn't be who I am today. Mm-hmm. I know categorically, there is no way I would be the mindset coach I am today. Cause I'd be like, oh, I had such a beautiful upbringing. I tried a little bit of drugs like you did. And it's, that's okay. There'd be no real story. There's nothing that, I can share with you. The reason I'm able to share is because that drug addiction led me to having an autoimmune disease. I believe the autoimmune disease became because I ripped apart my body with drugs. I was so thin. I destroyed my cells. I destroyed myself, my mind, my Mm -hmm. body, my soul. And I got an autoimmune disease called a hyperactive thyroid. I went to have hyperactive thyroid. I had that right after my son was born and it continued. You know, I've been it went a few years ago, but it battled it for a while. And what, what does that do? Does that make you lose weight or gain weight? Lose weight. Lose so you've weight. got real thin. It's the opposite one to hypo. So hyper, you're you're super shaky. Like you're you're 
you almost it can be can affect you mentally as well, which it had started to, which was real sad. You know, it can it just takes you off your you. The anxiety that comes with really bad was on heart medication as well. So you're on medication, heart medication, and you're just trying to control this disease from getting worse in your body. And it's actually invisible to the eye. So when you'd see somebody, you might think they're a bit thin, but you wouldn't, you might, you wouldn't know necessarily. Right. So one of those invisible disabilities, you know, it's, a, it's an invisible illness. And, and you, can eat, cool. you can eat as much as you want, but you still stay thin. Nothing. Or, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, by, and I've always been like that anyway. So I've always been able to, so it was just like, but then you don't want to eat because you're like constantly in a state of panic. So if you imagine panic attacks, I was having three of those a day. So I couldn't get out of bed for a lot of it. It was just like so, so, so bad because that's what the thyroid does. It sets off anxiety. I don't know why. Right. Typically, right. that's what it does. Yeah. And it was bad. It was, you know, and I, but through that was another phase of my life. So I just, I had so many challenges thrown at me because I wasn't listening to the universe. I wasn't listening to God. God's trying to say, hello, wake up and smell the coffee. I'm going to hit you with pain physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, financially, in every way until you realize you need to evolve and change. That's what you're here for. I believe we don't grow through the good times, Siroc. I believe we grow through the hard. We grow through the challenges. We grow when we are out of our comfort zone. Comfort is the enemy of growth. We grow when we are in scenarios we don't feel comfortable in. Imposter syndrome means you are growing. If you go through that imposter syndrome, you are growing. So losing everything, I've lost everything multiple times in my life. But I say to people, the one thing you can't take from me is my mind. I could take everything from me, material things. And it doesn't matter how much you take from me. I will always build back because I have my mind and my mind is able to create. And what you can see in your mind, you can hold in your hand. You can create in your life. But I first had to work on my limiting beliefs inside of me. I had to work on my self-worth because my worth was so low from my childhood, from being sexually abused, to my body being exploited, to drug addiction, to them being homeless. It's been, so, it's been thrown off so many times. But since 2018, my life has changed exponentially and grown at a, you know, a phenomenal rate because I've tapped into something that most people don't know how to do. And I've tapped into understanding that we are matter, we are energy, but we can control that through understanding postulates. Postulates is a noun for imagining life, imagining a scenario, something has already happened. Understanding that, I mean, this is a whole other conversation, but no, if, no, 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 I'm good. I'm down with it. Go ahead. If you, if you, <laughs> if you visualize what it is that you want, if you believe something else is possible, you stay up here, the stuff down here, you don't get involved with, you don't dive into the lower frequency. I learned this with Elena Cardone. You know, you don't dive into the lower stuff. You don't dive into the shit. You stay up here. You stay in a place where you, you know the outcome has already <clears throat> happened in a realm somewhere and you just got, it's got to catch up. You just know it's already happened and it's already in your favor. And so I live my life in a way of understanding we control our outer reality by what we believe inside of us. I wanted to take a quick break here to remind you that my book, Rocket Fuel, is available for sale now at MikeCRock.com forward slash book. That's MikeCROC.com forward slash book. Go get a copy and share it with your friends and family. It will change lives, guys. I will not let you down. Now back to the show. Yo, yo, I'm friends with Elena, by the way. I'm Grant and uh, business partners oh with Grant, too. So oh, my God. No, what a small yeah. world. I was, just, I was just at their house. She was on my show. 
Yeah, yeah. Great people, man, and uh, doing a lot of great things. And I'm just trying to push on that mission too, that they that they started with 10X. And you know, I, I, I'm i with you. Postulates are, you know, I just told you before I got online here what I did this week in LA, and I postulated all that. Like it's not, it's not something that just accidentally happened. There was things that happened this that trip that some people would say was was a coincidence, but I know better than that. So no, I'm down with you on that. And the problem, you know, I was just thinking about this too, and I want to hear your take on this, and then I want to dig a little bit more with you. But when you know something, right, you become you know, you have knowledge, you know it, and then you go into a group of people that don't know it. Too many people, and because everybody comes into knowledge at some point, they get some knowledge, they know something. They go into a clubhouse room, for example, and you see people fighting and arguing and conflict and all this other stuff, right? Or you see people talking business stuff and they don't know it. They're talking other stuff, but you know it and you speak up. And then as soon as you get invalidated, you pull back. And I found myself doing that in the past, but I'm more of like a, I'm, I'm in just inexorable, like unyielding, unable to be stopped, like forced. I know you're the same now. You may not have been before, but so many people. See this wall back here? Like the, I was just listening to Pink Floyd, the wall with my son uh, coming home last night. We had to drive three hours, we missed the flight, all that. That song, I didn't realize this before because I was at a celebrity center, by the way. I don't know if you, you're aware of that, but or that place, but yeah, the um in LA, I yeah. love it. I'm going in, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you are you part of it? Yeah, yeah. We 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 studied there. Um, been out there three times. My son, I took for the first time just just this past week. Oh my god, I'm going in two weeks. Yeah, I'm so yeah. excited. Yeah, you're gonna love it. I'll, I'll let my friends know you're coming. Um, but but the the Pink Floyd song, I don't know if you've listened to it and understood it this way. I never did. For some reason, it seems so obvious. But another brick in the wall. It's being invalidated. Every time you're invalidated, it's another brick in the wall, and you start building a wall up around yourself. And when you start building a wall up around yourself, you're introverting, and there's no way to be successful when you're introverting. And but the thing is, is that I know you know some things now. You know you have some kind of awareness of something. And what we need to understand is it doesn't matter what people say, think, or do. You just keep knowing and pushing into that knowledge because that's just something that blew. Like, I really had a recognition this past week on that. And it's like, no, I'm not stepping back from anything anymore. Like, I already know I did the work. You did the work, right? Like, sometimes, you know, you get validated by someone and you're like, oh, shoot, maybe I'm not, you know, no, uh uh-uh. uh. And I have a saying, Natasha, thrust is a must. We got to keep thrusting forward. Like, thrust is a must. It's not, no, there's no other option. So, I'd love to hear your take on that. When you started in 2018, you made, by the way, you made a decision at that moment, like, I'm, I'm done. This is it. I'm on the track, like the rocket ship now. I'm done. You made a decision. After that decision, you started working. What kind of stuff did you do? And then also, were you invalidated as you were going through that process? Did you recognize invalidation from people? You know, I think I just decided, well, like you said, I just decided I was going to get out of this. I was going to be a role model to my son and I was going to go and be a role model for other people. And I made an agreement with the universe, with God. I said, if you show me how to heal today, if you show me how to heal my heart, my illness fully so I can come back and just be stronger. If you show me how to heal my anxiety, if you show me how to heal this mess that I'm in, I will go in and I will share it with the world. And that's what I did. I just committed to that journey and I decided it doesn't matter about the small people. It doesn't matter about what somebody else says and he says, she said, and all the drama. People don't care about the truth if they're that low and want to talk about shit. They don't care about the truth. Of they course. just care about being caught up in the drama and the gossip. And I don't have time for that because every day I wake up and I'm like, who else can I serve today? Who else can I help today? I don't sell oil. I help people. I don't have products like that to sell. I just simply help people every day. I go out there and I help somebody else with my MBS method, my meditational behavioral synchronicity, which I've written all about in my book. You know, it's a process of ancient wisdom in a guided meditation 
neuroscience version where it's you go deeper into an altered state of awareness, you go deeper into the alpha and the theta state, and there is where the magic happens. You can rewire your brain. So I show people how I healed. I show people how God showed me to heal. I created that MBS method so that other people can have access to it for free all the time at any one moment. They can go and do an exercise and feel something different, feel better. You know, they call it three years of therapy in 15 minutes. So I don't need other people for validation. I don't want to hear from the small people. I want to hear from the people above me. I'm learning from the people above me. That's where I'm looking for, you know, like people like you, like, Mike, give me your opinion. Tell me like what you feel on this. Like, I want to hear those voices. I don't want to hear the voices of the people who haven't achieved anything. Once you've been on Oprah, once you've had a reason to be like, I've been in New York Times twice. I've been in, you know, the cover of Glamour magazine, which is out in uh, July 15th. Let's go. Let's go. So, so. I've done some monumental things and other people have done even bigger than that. Those are people I want to learn from. But don't yeah, yeah, come yeah. to me when you want to have an opinion. I don't have time for it. Yeah, but, but, but back in 2018, when you made that decision, though, those things happened and you weren't in the condition that you are now. You weren't in the state that you are now. So do you remember that, though? Yeah, I do. And I remember allowing people to come in. But that's what took me to that place allowing the people to come in who didn't have a worthy opinion, who weren't part of the groups or the places that I would want to spend my time. Like I was studying Kabbalah. I studied it. That really helped me. That led me, you know, to this sort of thing now. So that really helped me. So I'm really into this sort of like just awakening and enlightenment and understanding there's something far greater than us. There's a bigger cause than us. And why do we do it every day? But little voices want to bring you down. And I allowed them to. Little voices want to tell you, you're never going to amount to anything. You're never going to be anything. You are a webcam girl. And I was 10 years ago. I wasn't five years ago, but they still want to look at it like that. But I've evolved so much and we all evolve. So I tell people, it is a shame that you don't get a chance to know who I am today and that you still think I'm that person back then. I'm sorry that you don't get to experience the person that I am today. But I'm unapologetic about who I am today and because I help people. And I know why last week I'm on a stage saving someone's life. The week before I'm on stage with Gary Vee, the week before Tony Robbins, I'm on stages with phenomenal people because I'm actually doing something that is helping humanity move the needle forwards. And I will yeah. stand for that, you know? So, so back then when you started on this journey, and for those listening, there's a lot of people that want to help. They, they have this bigger thing inside them that's pulling them. Where did you start and where did you start getting press and all that? Like, Because you didn't know the game at that time, I'm sure. Like, I know a lot of people don't understand how it all works, but how did you get started with that? Like getting, getting recognition and getting press and all that? Like, where, where was that started? So once, once I realized how to build back, I knew that the way to expand was to do social media and press. And these are two really powerful things to accelerate your name, your validity, your credibility, your authority online, right? And so I put small little bits of money, pockets of money that I would get towards a publicist. And I knew someone who knew someone who gave me a really great deal. So I was able to do something so small and get a massive outcome. And it was, it was really awesome. And that helped me because suddenly I was in Marie Claire, I was in Harper's Bazaar, you know, five years ago. Yeah. And all of a sudden, these big publications in the UK and these, you know, it was physical magazines really back then online. I don't even remember it, but it was online, but it wasn't a big deal as much yeah. as it was physical, right? And I remember that being such a big leverage point for me of like, hey, I'm in this and 
you know, maybe you'd want me to do this for you. And, you know, I was still like doing blogging and stuff online, trying to make money back, trying to get out of debt. But that was what I was making money for. I was being paid for Instagram posts. I was being paid for posts online of me and I needed to build myself back. But press helped me level up. And every post I put up back then was about the words. So it was not about the image. The image was me in the clothes and I tagged the brand, but the caption was where the money was at. That was what I believed in. The the words were all helping someone today with a quote, with a message, with a mindset coaching moment that I was having. But yeah, I just, I started to recognize how the greats had done it. And I saw if I could copy someone like that, I could follow their path. It's already worked. And that's why I teach people today. I'm doing result, a results-based program when I tell you, do it like this, like try this, get yourself your name online, start growing your name, get on like you, your massive name on Clubhouse. So then that obviously gets you booked for big stages, gets you for this, get, you know what I mean? You have a massive podcast. Lever- leverage, 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 leverage. You know what I mean? So you leverage yeah. whatever it is. Everyone yeah. has something different to leverage, right? Yep. So use your leverage point, use whatever that is, whether you've got a big email list, whether you've got a massive network on Twitter, or you have a great clubhouse room, whatever it is that you have, use that as your leverage point to move forwards. And that will take you to your next thing. And you just use that as, hey, do you want to offer value first to someone before you ask for anything? So you want to speak at this event? Don't just go in and go, I want to speak at this event. Be like, hey, I have a great community on X platform with 500,000 people or 500 people. It doesn't matter what it is. You say what it is. And I would love to come speak at your event because maybe afterwards we can have a VIP room in my space, in my community for all your guests or for all your things, offer them something. Yep. If you aren't yet on those stages, find a reason that you should be. Yep. Yep. So two things as we wind down and I appreciate your time. You're full of energy. I love it. I mean, there's not many people that can hang with me in an energy field and I'm actually lower today because of the travel yesterday. I'm actually pushing, pushing extra, but but you're filling in the, the gap for me. I really appreciate that. Two things while we wind down your book. Can you talk about your book and where people can find it? Amazing. So Be It Till You Become It is my third book I'm like a part of. But for me, this is my real baby. This is like number one for me because it's my, my gift to the world. It's the law of attraction explained through neuroscience and ancient wisdom. Be it until you become it. I never like fake it till you make it. I never liked it when people would say, I think it's you make it. I'm like, no, babe, I'm, I'm, I'm authentic to myself. People thrive on your authenticity. Mm-hmm. Your authenticity is what sells people. It's what makes them want to like you, work with you, buy from you, be a part of your thing. So this is literally about authenticity. It's about becoming that version of you, not being shamed by who you've been and not allowing your past to dictate who you're going to be. It's a 12-step process into how to become the billionaire self that you deserve to be or the multi-millionaire self that you strive to be or the healthier version, the, the more happy version, more confident version. And it's out August 2nd. And August 2nd, then can they pre-order? Oh, yeah. If you go to beituntilyoubecomeit.com, I'll give you the tag here. If you get it right now, you actually get my best selling be it until you become a program, my video series for free. Let's so go. when you get this book, you get the whole program for free. You get a chance of having a one-to-one with me. You get the whole workbook. Like there's so many goodies when you get the book. It's Let's so Let's cool. go. Let's go. Go get it, guys. Go get it. Go support Natasha. She's my friend, so you better support her. But while you do that, then you're going to get something out of it. So go do it. Change your life. And then finally here, what is the vision for the future? Like what are you what really like 
light you up right now about what you're going to be doing in the future? What are you postulating? Let's talk about that way. I love it. And I love the fact that you just know it. How did I feel led to know that? You know, that isn't that amazing that I knew I could say that here and that you knew, I didn't know that you knew and all this. But, 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 but I want to stop you though. It's not amazing because it's just the way it's supposed to be. So we got to stop being so blown away by it. We just got to yeah. accept it. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. like I used to say that, Man, I can't believe this. And then I, then I'm like having trouble believing more things. So like, let's just live this. This is normal for us. It's normal. I know that's right? amazing. So <laughs> here we are. And it's like, yeah, in, in normality. What was your question? Uh, what's the vision <laughs> for you? What, what do you light up, lit up about? What are you postulating on? <laughs> <laughs> I am postulating that everybody that I encounter gets into a better place through my work. I'm postulating that I reach a billion people by 2030, December 31st. That's my goal. I'm postulating my orphanage that I'm putting money towards comes to fruition. It's not there yet. We're, we're only raising the money, right? We're getting it, the foundations put in place, but it's going to be there. And my dream is that it will be there before 2023. So we are putting towards that. That's a goal for me that it will be, or by the end of 2023, I think I said by the end, I'm giving myself grace because there's a lot of stuff that goes into it. But you know, I just want to, I want to help children. I want to help kids who, who aren't fortunate to have what our children have. I, I love it, man. Well, look, I, I added another little thing. Put in there by the end of 2023 or sooner. Add that to it. Or sooner. Or sooner. Because why yeah. not take it sooner if it's willing to come? You know, that's how I look at it. I agree. So, so look, I want to thank you for coming on the show. And then as we get off here, I want to tell you something else. But uh, I want to thank you. And I want to thank the audience for listening today. Guys, keep coming back. We're going to keep bringing you wonderful guests. This is going to be a hard one to top because Natasha brings it She's full of energy. She's been there. She's done that. And she ain't going back. And she doesn't want you to even go there. But if you do, she's going to bring you out of it. Natasha, thank you so much for coming here today. Thank you so much. Can't wait to have you on my show. Let's go. Let's get it set up. Okay, guys, until next time, make sure you be unstoppable. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of What Are You Made Of? Be sure to check my website out at themikecrock.com, themikecrock with no K.com. And let us know how we can help you or your business reach its full potential. Feel free to leave a review or follow me on social media, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube at Mike C. Rock Scirocco. Again, thank you for joining me and see you guys on the next episode. I want to remind you that the Rocket Fuel book is available at my website, MikeCRock.com forward slash book. That's MikeCROC.com forward slash book. Go get yourself a copy. Thank you so much for your support and your listenership. It means the world to me.